Blog Talk Radio. We are the UR Tennis Network. Our mission is to be the voice of tennis. We enlist a team of passionate enthusiasts to promote our sport. We strive to bring interesting perspectives on the many spins of tennis. Our goal is to provide the learners of our sport with current news and information from many angles. We seek active participation from communities interested in tennis, but tennis is not interested in them. We are expanding our outreach. Tennis is a true lifetime sport that needs to be talked about, and the UR Tennis Network pledges to pursue this idea relentlessly. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach John Denise, exploring tennis blessings with our guests. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which can be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our guests will provide the roadmap for your journey. Our format will take a different road in February, Each week, I will be interviewing tennis coaches who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. They have authored papers and books on tennis and continue to give back today. Who will you expect to hear each Thursday starting next week? Well, you'll hear guests like our special guest today, but each month we'll have Alan Fox, Chuck Greasy, Dr. John Murray, and Scott Williams. So stay tuned and see who will who you will listen to in uh, March. But uh, we'll we'll add people every fifth Thursday of the month. We'll add a special guest to join them. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball Network CEO J.P. Weber for hosting the Tennis Network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you are missing out on useful information. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is that if you can't tune in live, which most people don't, uh, shows like Lisa Stone every Tuesday, her parent and aces, or you can listen to Chuck Greasy American Tennis on Wednesdays, or you can listen to them at any time you choose. I listen to Coach Greasy's show every week, and uh, truthfully, I probably only listen to one of them at the scheduled time. Uh, I'm usually listening to broadcast at 6 in the morning or at uh, 10 or 11 at night. Because I believe Dr. King, when he said, our lives begin to end the day we come silent about things that matter, Each Thursday, I will add my personal views on North American tennis. And naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools. Together, we may wake up this sleeping giant called high school tennis. The almighty willing, you will still be able to continue reading my views in Florida tennis And as I previously expressed in the magazine and on the broadcast, uh, I listen to your disagreement. And I'm willing to share your views if you email me them at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. 
will perish. Proverb twenty nine eighteen. So I am still searching, and I want to hear everybody's views. And naturally, since I have the microphone, you're going to hear mine each week. I also want to thank Wilson Tennis, a hundred years in the sports industry. Uh, I've been blessed to uh, see a good part of that, uh, most of it, truthfully. Uh, and I wish I could be around for the next hundred years, but that's not the case. District 15 National Junior Tennis League. We have to thank them for continuing their support. Flagler Insurance, of course, has been a uh, big uh, supporter like Wilson uh, with our um, all-star event every year. And Team Connection Tennis, who reminds us that tennis fuels life. Uh, you know our all-star team and our uh, coaches have always looked great because Team Connection uh, dressed them every year. So uh, I look forward to uh, doing the new format uh, starting next week. It is, um, I, I, it's not going to be much different than we've uh, been doing. But I think change is good. It's difficult sometimes, but I think it's good. Uh, some of you have asked, uh, why are we changing the format? Well, I might as well give you John Denise's view beforehand, uh, which exploring the FHS TCA exploring tennis blessing broadcast. Uh, I will be talking. I will not be talking more. I promise you. That was one of the questions I was asked. Uh, does this mean you're going to be talking more? No. I understand that the best broadcast the last two years are those where I talk less. So trust me, I will not be talking more. But I will be adding my two cents to our uh, special people every week. Uh, I, I, the other reason I had told you a few months ago that I would probably shut down at the end of the uh, year, and uh, some people are asking why did I change my mind, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, but quite frankly, when I knowing that I would be able to talk with friends and authors and educators and respected coaches uh, on my weekly broadcast made the decision really easy for me to say I was going to continue on. Uh, the object of Coach John Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings broadcast is to share the effects of life's journeys and quicken the, the learning curve for today's athlete, coach, and players. Admittedly, my learning curve was longer than most but the idea of being able to have a weekly conversation with individuals who believe in mentoring others was one I just could not pass up. Uh, starting uh, Thursday, February 2nd, the Almighty Willing, each month I will have discussions with Alan Fox, Chuck Reese, Dr. John Murray, Scott Williams, and uh, probably our today's guest, uh, Ashley Hobson, uh, the Lord willing, uh, we might have him on again. Uh, because finding individuals who stand the test of time is important in expanding one's journeys, 
linking them with today's up-and-coming players and coaches is an important term, excuse me, tool in our journey through life. So that's why we're doing the change. Once one creates fellowship and a picture of what they are looking to achieve, we need to use Chuck Reese's three-tier mentorship to help us get through the black door he talks about in his book, Coaching Tennis, and keep tennis the special game that it is. Looking at the scriptures, we see a great example with Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas, uh, which later on I'm sure uh, Chuck and Scott Williams will explain better than I could in their discussions. Tennis, like life, continues to change, and Scott Williams will be discussing as he discussed in his serious tennis book, but there are important issues that remain constant for coaching Tommy Haas, Mary Jo Fernandez, or high school tennis players. Is this broadcast only going to be for athletes? No. Uh, But as Alan Fox wrote in The Winning Mind, a competitive guide to sports and business competition and sports go hand in hand. I would also think that much of Dr. John Murray's practice have never read his his first book, Smart Tennis. So if you have questions, objections, suggestions, or comments, please email me at coachdenise.fhstca at atd.net. And uh, who knows who you'll be hearing in those other uh, times. Maybe... uh, you would like to hear uh, Jim Marks, our Florida tennis um, editor and uh, founder, which is the 25th year now that the magazine is coming out. Or maybe you'll want to hear about uh, his book, Safe Tennis. Looking forward to further conversations each Thursday on Block Talk Radio. I hope will be something that you will want to share with your tennis friends. Uh, I think our uh, guest is on today. I had the uh, privilege of meeting him for the first time a few weeks ago when a bunch of coaches uh, met at uh, Inspiration Academy down in Bradenton. And uh, Ashley uh, Hobson, uh, well, I I shouldn't just say him, but his wife, the whole school, were just uh, fantastic uh, hosts for the two days I was there, and it was really uh, a, a blessing to uh, sit there and uh, be with them. Uh, Ashley, just to for those of you that uh, don't know, and I'll let him fill in, and we'll, I, I think we'll have a good conversation because I have things that I think he can cover that some other people can. But he's coached for... Uh, over 30 years, he's competed on the professional tour. Uh, I won't hold it against him, but he's a graduate from law school. Uh, he has mentored, truthfully, under some of the world's best coaches, like Dennis Vandermeer, who, if I could uh, put a personal com- uh, commercial in, uh, we just had our Hall of Fame uh, inductees announced and all of them are uh, outstanding and we should be celebrating you will see him on facebook excuse me <clears throat> but i think it's time we uh, get dennis vandermeer to join them 
And, of course, he's also been coached, uh, mentored by Peter Burwash and Chuck Reese. He's uh, coaching, he's had coaching wins over uh, ATP number one players, Pete Sampras and Jennifer Caparetti, uh, his Grand, Grand Slam Juniors uh, champions in 1966. And uh, he was the national coach for the Hong Kong China uh, for five years, the Davis Cup and Federation uh, Cup coach and captain from 1996 to 2001. So I think we're going to have a nice conversation, and I think I see him there. Coach, are you there? Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Ashley. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? Ashley, are you there? Yes. Is that yes, you, Ashley? Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I just, uh, I don't know, I started to introduce you. Uh, maybe uh, you can fill in uh, some of the gaps in 30 years. It's hard to uh, coach you, and it's hard to do that in three or four minutes. But before I get into some of the questions I have for you, um, tell us a little bit more about you. Um, well, you know, I got married late. Uh, I have uh, two kids and uh, a wife. Uh, and, um, you know, I think you covered most of the other stuff. I uh, I love this game, and uh, it's been great to me, and it's given me so many opportunities around the world. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, I think it's time to, you know, give back as much as I can. Well, I... I... I'm sure that they're going to be rewarded at Inspiration Academy there. I mean, uh, your experiences um, working. I mean, uh, Amanda Coatser, I'm I'm thinking of uh, uh, the ups and downs she had uh, there and uh, what it must be to like to coach somebody at that level and then coaching somebody at high school. There's similarities, but there's also differences. Would you like to uh, go into that there? Uh, what are some of the differences uh, once you start working with people that you know have the potential of going to the next level? Yeah, it's it's very exciting um, working with players that, you know, you have, have the potential because um, – Obviously, you know, you need uh, the desire and then you need the uh, the talent. But uh, when you sense that somebody has that, and we have one or two little guys here and girls at, at Inspiration Academy who I think have uh, th- that amount of ability. And, uh, you know, I think it's very important uh, and in high school tennis and uh, on the professional circuit, you know, just to have good foundations, good foundations in, you know, technical foundations, but good foundations in your you know your character and your heart and your your uh you know your your character um to uh develop you know so as you get older um and working with professional players you know it's so much more strategical and mental and and emotional and and the mental and the emotional are different from each other so you know that that's the exciting part and with the with the younger players high school is it would be more you know more of a technical and then a little bit of strategy you know, uh, thrown in, but, uh, so it's, it's just different, uh, parts of the whole puzzle of tennis, which is, you know, mental, emotional, physical, strategic, strategical, and, you know, physical. 
very good. I, I do. I like what you said about the, uh, having the heart and the attitude to, to go along with the technical uh, part. I know over the years in coaching uh, high school tennis, I could tell when teams came, if we were in for a tough match or not, uh, uh, the impressive thing when you uh, – when I walked out on the courts uh, at the Inspiration Academy, the whole attitude on the courts was such that you just knew that there was potential around there. And I suspect one of the things that you, you find besides – being such great young uh, men and women that you had on the courts is that they're challenging each other, not just on the tennis court, but looking to inspire each other. Because I could just feel that around there. Uh, and my wife, uh, uh, you know, just uh, said the same thing. She said, you could feel this is a special place. Uh, how long does it take, to, do you feel, to develop that? How long have you been there? Um, John, I've been here since uh, September of 2014, so it's just over two years now, and uh, it's really starting to take shape. Um, you know, the, the first uh, two years, it's been just a really a question of establishing a culture, you know, and I think we have established, you know, even in the area where a couple of kids this afternoon come out practice from from friends of mine who, who coach in the area, and, and their kids come over and play match play, and, uh, you know, it's just setting up a culture to to any place but the the culture will drive eventually you know the the habits of the uh of the athletes but the culture of the facility and the um program itself you know is the first thing that I think you need to establish like you know I think every great team uh, you know the great John Wooden you know they have a, they establish a culture first for their for their program and then it fits in with their philosophy of, of what they you know trying to achieve Excellent. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I had to leave, as you know, because we had the um, workshop for the high school tennis yeah. coaches in Daytona Beach, yeah. and I missed the last uh, part of the, that meeting there. And, of course, the part of the discussion was about what's wrong with tennis and uh, and how do we sit there and make it better? What can we do to contribute? When, uh, it, it, is there any changes that need to be ending? Can we address first, I missed you, what you presented. What's your ideas are what's wrong with the game of tennis? I know we all know what's right with it because people like you to have the passion for the game. I mean, you're, we know what's right with tennis. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, what are some of the things that you think that are wrong that maybe we can address? Uh, John, I, I like to look at the, you know, the, the problem really from, from the very, very end, really. Um, so let, let's look at it um, from the very end. I mean, to reach the pinnacle of tennis, um, you have to be basically a top 100 tennis player in the world. You know, in the guys and the girls to 100, 120, maybe 150, you know, you can make a living. Uh, I mean, so the, the end point is almost just unattainable just for, for normal people. You know, uh, it's just, that's what I think. And now with social media and the internet, 
well, the kids can figure out pretty quick whether they can make make it or not. And I think it, you know, it's just it starts to when the kids get to fourteen years old already, they figure, hey, even younger. I mean, they figure, hey, whether they can make it or not. And I think it's demotivating. I think the game. Um, you look at the any uh, uh, sports around the world. You look at soccer. You look at baseball. You look at golf. I mean, there are thousands of people making a living off their sport. And I think that if you could have, you know, um, three, four hundred players making a living, um, it would be much more motivating for kids to, you know, give it a shot in the pros. And, you know, if they didn't make it and they loved the game still, they would become coaches and they would be better coaches because they would have had time on the tour and they would have had more time, you know, honing their skills. Um, You know, right now the kids get to 18 and basically um, go to college and then four years later, 22, they're dead. You know, tennis is dead for them. There's no, there's no hope of turning pro and just a small, small percentage can really become professionals. Uh, you know, I just think even baseball, it's not even a worldwide sport. You know, there's five or 6,000 people around the world who can make a living in baseball. Five or 6,000. I'm talking, you know, to open up the doors and at least allow, say, you know, three, 400 uh, men and women, um, you know, on each side. So, you know, maybe 1,000 people to be able to make a living in tennis and it's just um it's tennis has been badly managed through the years and uh you know i just feel the grand slam nations uh make uh you know hundreds of millions of dollars every year they don't pump it back into the game and they just give it to their each association has their you know their their uh golden pot at the end of the rainbow and uh it's just uh it's sad for tennis I, I I really think we need a you know a commissioner of world tennis and uh, who would have some actual you know some actual power to to create some changes. But that's how I look at it. I, I see it from the very very top, and I think it's people we just don't have a chance anymore. That's an interesting uh, perspective. Uh, well, boy, I'm really sorry I missed that last part of the meeting because I, I see where you're uh, coming from, and I think uh, too often we look at things from the other end of it, starting. And I think uh, the USTA does an outstanding job, I think, of bringing people into tennis. Uh, and uh, I, I've had this discussion uh, when I sat on the um, USTA Florida Board of Directors as a teaching pro, uh, and you see somebody with talents and talents in other sports, it's, and uh, they, they, what you just said, they don't see they can go where the cost is prohibitive, um, where uh, it's hard to sit there and tell them that, uh, you know, I, I, you should be doing something else. Uh, and uh, they, somehow the USTA doesn't seem to look at it, but you're saying it's not just on our end, and you've seen it from a world uh, aspect, not just of playing, but being the David, Davis Cup out of China. Are you saying this is all over, not just in, it's not a North American problem, this is a world problem? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've coached in about sixty or seventy countries, and uh, and you know, I just it's it's a small sport, and it's, it's actually I think it's shrinking because you know people understand that it's just 
there's not much future, you know, in, in being a professional or you can't really have a career unless you want to start coaching, you know, and uh, it's just too difficult to create it. And there's really no reason for it. You know, um, there's enough money in the sport. And I just think the, the monetary uh, breakdown is not, uh, it's not fair. And then also that it's not, um, there's not enough given back to the game by the uh, Grand Slam nations. Interesting. So what are some of the things you, that you think that we can do? I mean, I, I absolutely think that the, the prize money needs to be uh, fair, more fairly distributed. And I'm a huge capitalist um, but by, by all means. Uh, so I think that the top players deserve to be paid. But, um, you know, they're, I think that the prize money needs to be changed. And I think that... Uh, you know, we need we need to have much more competition, uh, especially in the U.S. We need much more, many more pro tournaments. We just haven't got enough, and it, we could even do it regionally. You know, on the West Coast and the East Coast, and a little bit, you know, North and South. But we need to have it regionalized. We need to have to meet, we need to have a lot more pro tournaments. And you know, the um, I mean, you can't this this even even the uh, the futures level is it's not self sustaining. You're you're losing money playing in that level. So you know, we need to. There needs to be an equal, you know, better distribu- distribution of money, and the Grand Slam nations need to make more money available for tournaments. Um, and it, it can be done. It's 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 very, it's uh it's, it's very easy to have it done. But uh, you know, it's going to take some some changes which need, which need to be made, and people with the same mindset that uh, you know, as I have is is of uh, changing. Um, and from the top down, not not necessarily only from the bottom down. Right. Well, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, I, I hope I live long enough to uh, see those changes come in, because if not, I'm afraid the game that we know and love um, isn't going to be the same. And I see some of the changes is more for uh, a convenience than for, um, well, Thinking of the competition way to go back to go down to the bottom though because I think that's where uh, at least in this country that's where the USTA is thinking uh, and developing a player which you you know do and which I'm interested in I ask the question every week is high school sport and after school activity or is it an after school sport. And if we are going to make it a sport, then I think we need good competition. So to go back to the bottom for a minute, uh, do you think yep. that the way we're running tournaments now, uh, do we need to some objections, uh, you know, in the amateur way with the USTA as far as, as the age, breaking them up in the ages, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16s, or uh, is that the best way of going? Mm-hmm. I'm lazy as a coach. I mean, I remember when I had an eight-year-old and I wouldn't let her play in the tens no more. The mother gave me a hard time saying she's number five, she could be number one. And I said, well, I've never heard of a college coach, you know, asked me what was she ranked in the 10 years old. And uh, am I just yeah. lazy as a coach? Are we doing the right thing? Um, you know, we can talk for hours on this matter, but, you know, I think um, 
I think uh, really this, uh, you know, the, this, um, the UTR with this universal tennis rating in terms of getting the whole world on board with, you know, playing. And then rather by having uh, age groups, we just have players based on their ability, you know, on their UTR and, and play there. Um, the, the age groups are okay in the younger ages, but I think right around the world, really, there's no 16s. So you go from 14s, you, if you're decent in the 14s, you start playing ITFs, which are under 18 events. And um, so, you know, you go, you, you have under 14s, and then after that, you have under 18s. So I think the 10, you know, the 10s and the 12s and the 14s, that's okay. But I think we need to go to universal tennis uh, rating system. And we need to, you know, cut out the 16s. And I don't think, uh, you know, people need to be told, you know, what what they can play and what they can't play. I think we must just let players play and let players play according to, you know, the level they're at. I mean, I know they do that in uh, Europe. Uh, I have I've had a couple of guests on recently and talk about that. Is that is it that way in Asia now too? Because I think Asia is catching up. Wow. I mean, what you've done, uh, you know, the whole group of you in Asia, I think is remarkable. Looking, I see the next group of players coming out of there. Are they playing like we are, or are they playing, you know, by, uh, uh, you know, ability? They're doing a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's it's starting to move towards the universal, you know, tennis rating, but they're playing, you know, at, at, they're where we are at the at the moment, maybe a little bit more advanced. But I I still think that you know we we need to just o- open it up. I mean, just let let people play. You know, don't regulate us as, as much as, as as it is. I mean, I have a nine year old son and he can't play tournaments yet because he never went through the orange and the you know the dots and uh, you know I he just we he went from you know the sponge ball to the orange ball to the green dot. I mean, in the space of about six or eight months, you know, we moved him through. And, you know, by the time he was seven or eight years old, he was in with a regular ball. I mean, let them play according to their ability. Uh, I had a girl in the, 90, in the 80s, actually, and she won junior U.S. Open in 1995 or 96. And she, you know, at seven, she was hitting a regular ball. That's what I, you know, remember. So I think you just, the, 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 uh, Red, orange, red, orange, green are a great teaching tool, but they're not, you know, you you can't regulate everybody's developing at a different age. And then you have a 10-year-old who's just starting to take the game. Yeah, let them play with a sponge ball for a few months and then move up, move up through. But I think the best way to get through this is having a universal tennis rating. And you can have competition based on that. Well, I agree with you 100% uh, with that. I mean, I'm a big believer of that, and uh, and I think uh, uh, I, I think that would be a big step. And that's one of the things that would bring me. I don't want to stay on what's wrong with tennis because tennis is a great game, uh, and I think we've covered uh, some of that. But why don't you talk just a little bit about why you think tennis is a great sport? I mean, it, it's by it's by far, you know. Obviously, we're very biased. I I think tennis by far, um, you know, one of the only sports that I can think of that you know you just you get a great it's it's a great physical sport. But I mean the 
aspects of tennis. I mean, the character development, the uh, self-reliance, the discipline, the commitment, the integrity, the line calling, the different landscapes you play on, the hard and the clay, and you know you play in, in the you know bad conditions and you know the wind and uh, you know then you have referees and there's no time involved. I mean, you know, these are very basic characters, character traits, uh, which there's just no other sport which develops it like tennis. And I feel that we've always chased tennis for the fact of, you know, competing and for the physicality of it. But I just don't think any sport develops people like like tennis does. And, um, and, uh, you know, the other thing I left out was, you know, the friendships. I'm still buddies with my kid, with, with the kids that I played when I was under 10 years old, you know, they live around the world right now, but we're, we're still in contact and we, we still, you know, talk to each other about matches we played each other. And, and I think it's the, the friendships and the character development that tennis can, can engender are just phenomenal. And, and we've always chased it just because of, you know, the competition and the, and the physical workout. But I think there is not another sport which can, develop character and friendships between people like like tennis does. No, I agree with you. It, it is a it is a special uh, sport. Uh, I come from uh, unlike you, I didn't come from a tennis background. I came from a basketball uh, background and in basketball, when things were going wrong, you were able to call a timeout. You would tell the person you put in what you wanted to see, and then the person you took out, you could sit next to you and say, please watch this and watch that. This is what I don't think you're doing. This is what I'd like to see you doing. And uh, four or five minutes later, uh, you could put the person back in again, and uh, they've learned something. <laughs> In tennis, we have no timeouts. We can't call that uh, yeah. timeout. I mean, all the players that I've ever had, you know, who've gone on, you know, we run a rigorous program, uh, and it's very intense and it's very demanding. And uh, we just have this this my you know personality possibly, but um, you know, all the kids that have gone through the program and lasted, you know, four or five years with us, uh, you know, have. Uh, you know, being very successful people, generally, you know, they've gone into college, they've finished their degrees, they've, you know, re- led very, very productive lives. And, you know, I just think it's just due to that tennis. And, uh, you know, I've had people come back at me and just say, geez, uh, those times were just special times, you know, and they just taught us so much. And, you know, it's a, time, a sport which takes a lot, of, a lot of your time to practice. So, you know, your time management must be so much more better than your focus and your concentration and your studies have to be better because it's taking so much of your time. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful sport. Uh, no question about it. One of the things, as you know, one of my biases is the education. And that's why I've been involved in running the high school tennis coaches, training for so many years, I, I think it's so important to the turnover you're having with coaches in high school. Uh, it just, you know, and, and uh, I don't think uh, you or Jimmy Connors can uh, uh, make a tennis team and a tennis player in four months. It's uh, a long experience. So we just try to make it easier so people don't make as many mistakes as I made. Uh, during my career, but what do you think about the coach education? Is it good enough? Are we doing the right things? Is it 
you know, I hear, well, that's the PTR problem, or that's the USPTA problem, and or that's the USTA's problem, and you know, yeah. many of us belong to all those organizations. Uh, uh, I think we should be talking about it. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of strong ideas here. Um, in the mid '90s, I was traveling in France, and uh, I, I met a, a, friend, a guy who became a friend of mine. His name was Paul Navarro, and he was the. Um, I asked him, well, you know, what do you do? So he says, I work for the French Tennis Federation. So I said, what do you do? He says to me that for every year I take twelve promising young coaches. And I mentor them for a year. They, are, they spend a whole year with me. They go to tournaments. It's, this is paid by the French Federation. You know, they get a small stipend, but they really don't earn much during that time. But he mentors them for a whole year. I mean, wow. you know, he is a master coach, and he takes 12 player coaches a year. So you take a small country like France, and you multiply 10 years by 12 coaches. And, you know, Suddenly, you have world class coaching you know in in over the course of ten years you have uh you know you have hundred and twenty coaches out there and it's just it made a big impact on me and then I already started to look at the french uh you know system they worked and he sent me video and stuff and it was very simple it's it's not it's not complicated you know the, the, it's done with a lot of passion and uh but the the, the the technical side and is not, and the and the tactical side is very very uh, easy to follow, and I still have it on on my computer in in French, in French, and um, but that just made a big impact on me. I mean, you you can't just tell somebody that they're going to do a course for three days or a week, and now you're a professional coach, or you know now you're an instructor, or you're a level one or a level two, and it just takes it takes time. It takes time, seasoning to to become a good coach. And if you could spend time around good coaches, I mean, this improves you so much faster. I, you know, my mentors Peter Bosch and and Chuck Creasy and uh, and Dennis Vandermeer. I mean, I just learned so much with them. And uh, I think uh, you know, if that could happen, if we did a system here where you know you had, uh, say, you know. 10 master coaches around the world uh, around the u.s and you had 10 master coaches around the u.s and you had um and they took 10 coaches under their wing you know in the space of five to ten years we would have exceptional exceptional bunch of coaches coming out and they would be developing exceptional exceptional players and it wouldn't take a long time to do but the problem is that we do these quick fix one, three days, five days, and then, you know, the player, and they don't learn. I mean, you have a coach who spends, you know, 20 years at an academy or 20 years at a country club, and he, he says, yeah, I've done this, but he's, he's only really got one year's worth of experience, but done for 20 years, you know? Wow. So I, I think the mentoring would be the best thing ever, ever to do, and I, and I know what this is. This is what they were doing in France in uh, in the mid nineties. Wow, that's uh, phenomenal! And, and you know, truthfully, that's the first time I've heard of that, and it blows my mind. And I don't see where that would be so hard to do. I mean, the idea—you broke it up into the uh, sections of the USTA sections, and had yeah. one in each section. Exactly. I mean, to be younger and to be able to work with you for. Uh, 
for a year, and wow, I mean, uh, it just, uh, I, I think sometimes, and, and I, God, I'm so glad that um, you, you brought that up, because I think it's so important, and I don't see, why isn't it doable? I mean, we've got to talk that up. We're, we're, we're too impatient, and, uh, you know, and, and we're too impatient, and I think we're too, as coaches, uh, you know, our society, we're too materialistic. I mean, this, you know, I, I studied to be a lawyer, and I think I would have been a miserable lawyer, but um, maybe I would have been very wealthy. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, middle class and, uh, and a happy tennis coach, you know. So, I mean, make a commitment in your life, you know, hey, what do you want to do? And then, you know, pursue it with passion. But, get great mentors and mentor under somebody. It's not that hard to be very, very good, a very good coach, but our, our system is uh, fragmented and just, it's just, uh, they're just band-aids. All the coaching organizations, they're just little band-aids that you just slap on. You know, and I've been saying that and I feel so guilty because I've been doing, you know, in three days I tried to uh, do taking or uh, coaching to uh, athletic director say I can't let people go for that time uh, and of course it's a different thing with high school but I just I don't understand yeah. why every their sport goes through high school and not tennis and I think it's because we don't have the support but I mean uh, it, there's, yeah. uh, the information is there but we're impatient or sometimes I think the other thing is we just assume other people know it I, I think it back to uh, probably 25-plus years ago uh, with the John Denise School of Tennis, which was named after my son, not me. I was the other John Denise. But um, right in a weekly uh, tip thing in the uh, daily uh, paper uh, in our area, the Press Journal, and uh, I, I give the article, I remember one time giving the uh, article to my son and said, John, this is what you're writing this week. And he said, Dad, everybody knows that. And I said, no, John, everybody doesn't know that. We know that because we're t- trained and we make sure that we go to, to keep up with this stuff. And, uh, you know, after people started coming back and thanking them and saying, oh, I like that tip and I, that, that works for me this. And uh, it took him a while to understand, I think, that, you know, why I insisted that he went to uh, to workshops and why we, uh, we we're just we're too impatient. And I, I, I do wonder if the other thing is that we just are afraid that we think people won't share and I see people like you who will go out and Chuck Reese. Uh, I mean, just the meeting uh, that we had there, those great coaches that are willing to share. I think most of the good coaches, if you ask them, they'll share. But why aren't you being asked by the USTA? And I don't just mean you, but people of your caliber in every region. Why are we doing that here? We've got to get that off the ground. Yeah, I mean... You know, we could do it, I mean, you know, 10 centers, uh, you know, 10 master coaches, they can, you know, 10 coaches, you know, you've just got, you've got 100 coaches a year, you know, you've got 1,000 great coaches after 10 years, we'll we, we dominate tennis, there, there's no doubt about it, um, you know, I, and, and, you know, if anybody ever wants to come um, to, you know, Inspiration Academy, where I'm at, uh, and spend time here, you know, you're, you're, you're welcome, I would, 
um, you know, we take time with our players um, and we take time with our coaches and uh, who work with us. And, you know, I've told a couple of young guys, I said, you know, not what I'm telling you, but just if you spend time around us and and you got, you want to get into coaching and you got, you will be successful just because I'm telling you what I've learned from, you know, the greatest teachers. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm passing it forward here and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy, but everybody just, uh, you know, they don't want to, uh, you know, pay, pay the dues. Well, I think you've hit it on the head, Ashley. I think, uh, you know, we're always uh, looking and, this is why I think conversations are so important. I just my conversation with you this evening, just to have one thing. I'm going to go out and I'm going to. Well, some people think I'm a pain in the neck. I really think I'm one because I'm going to ask that question over and over again. Uh, I will give you credit for it, but boy, I'm going to sit there and push that because that's something that can be. Uh, uh, done there's no two ways about it how about developing I mean, even, even uh, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead sorry no go ahead go ahead um, no go ahead uh, john sorry yeah um sorry just what about the um the fact of uh you know even high school coach i'm just bouncing this over on top of my head I, I have one high school coach from georgia who's coming down to spend the summer with me you know two three weeks over the summer you know a high school coach coming who's who's really passionate about what he wants to do spending spending a summer at an, at an academy and then just, you know, and I'm sure the academies would, would welcome them to come in. I mean, I know we would and just come in and spend two weeks, you know, and they can, uh, you know, they would learn to in two weeks or a month. I mean, just such a tremendous amount on, you know, how to run practices and that, and, you know, they're, they're on vacation during the summers, I guess the teachers are. So, that just could be an, an opportunity for you in here in, in Florida with the high school coaches and also with the, there being so many academies around. Well, with your permission, I am going to uh, go out and push that, uh, and, uh, and hopefully we'll get some of it in. I, I suspect once you're willing to do that there, that we'll get some of the other academies would uh, will do the same thing. And... Uh, because my one of my goals, we have a turnover of about 35% in coaches every year. And it's just, you know, we're losing. I understand that, you know, some people are taking it just to supplement their salary. Other people are taking it because they think they want to be an athletic director. So if they coach soccer or they coach tennis, they could say they have coaching experience. But there's a lot of right. – the coaches that stay for a few years, I think they have the passion of the game that we have. And uh, yeah, now we just absolutely. have to help them. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, they, yeah, they break. Summers would be a great time for them to come in and get experience and, and get better. I mean, you know, it's just, um, you know, we, we're, you know, you get a certain stage in your life where, you know, you, you just want you you know, you're, you're settled, but you you just want to keep improving all the time. And I think that's you know what you're looking for the people with that amount of passion and 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 that mindset. Well, Ashley, you and I are going to have some conversations after because I'm going to expand on uh, on that there because and I'm going to sit there and let the coaches know that it is available, and I'm going to see if I can get some other things. But I I would 
I'm going to ask you for your guidance and how we do it, how we structure it and everything. So I don't want to take up the time on the uh, – but I, uh, uh, I I think that's uh, – you know, I think we've done found something to uh, help the high school tennis anyway. Then Yeah, maybe yeah I think it could be great. Let's get back for a minute, if you would, just on the uh, tournament structures used in the universal tennis ranking. One of the hard things, I think, about uh, the USTA and the different sections and uh, everything, I know we, uh, I pushed this with the FHSAA in Florida uh, for the last year and asked them to, uh, to and that's, as you know, is the governing body of uh, uh, sports and of course tennis being one of the high school sports and asking them to look into it and now the USTA uh, one of their reps comes to the last FHSA meeting and say well we're going to modify our uh, system uh, and uh, rather than going to the UTR what my th- some of the uh, comments I heard uh, at that meeting was that uh, just going on the USTA website itself was a problem. Do you agree with that or no? Well, one of my players, uh, he's uh, he just finished college and he's trying to make it on the pro circuit, and uh, so I'm trying to. Yeah, but he can make them. He make can make the qualifying of the uh, men's futures. So I said to him, "Well, let's look and see if you can get a national men's ranking in the U.S. and try to get you play, playing some men's national tournaments in the U.S." So now, if you have a national ranking, you're you might have a chance of making it into the qualies. And I mean, I looked for about two days, and I just couldn't find how to find how to get a young guy, you know. Um, to find a uh, to 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 find tournaments where he could play, you know, I could I can find the juniors pretty good, but uh, that was just a bit of unusual one, and I think it's very very complicated. So I think one of the things is we need what you mentioned earlier, and I agree with you a hundred percent. We have to get more tournaments out there, and and I, it seems as though maybe the thing is uh, I know we're. We're asking the regional about the in Florida, being we're here, the USTA Florida has to step up and do something. In the southern, they, they should, in their region, they should step up and do something. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, I, I think you could sit there and guide people along, but there's sometimes those local organizations uh, – need to sit there and um, say we're going to sit there and try to make tennis better in our area. And um, I, I don't know. I think that from what my perspective, we need more tournaments out there, and we don't need them in an age group, but we need them, and we're, you're going to play against somebody that you're going to compete with. Going out, and it takes a special individual that's going to go out and get beat six loves, six loves, six love. I know uh, Mary Jo Fernandez says, you know, that happened to her, and God bless her, and, I, and she is a special person. But I don't think that's the norm. The average person is going to leave and go someplace else. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. 
John, I, and I think, you know, we t- we need to have tournaments that mean something. You know, they they used to be. Uh, when I was in China, there was a whole series of tournaments after the um, after the Orange Bowl. Um, they, they, they were on the West Coast, and we went and played. Uh, I think they were called Fiesta Bowl, and then they were called Copper Bowl, and you know, so the top kids around the world would come and play that. And you know, those tournaments are no longer. And you know, they just we need to have tournaments which 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 have some you know people go to Wimbledon because it's Wimbledon you know they go to the French Open right. because the French Open um, it's they are special tournaments and and tennis needs to create those you know um, and we just need to you know um, have have those kinds of tournaments out there for for you know for all levels of of juniors you know. Well, I agree with you, and um, hopefully um, the discussions we had there, I'm looking um, forward to the final, uh, well, not the final report, but the initial report, so we'll go and see what the next step uh, is. But uh, I feel a lot better uh, at my age when I see people like you and the people that were at that meeting uh, I do think we have uh, the leaders uh, out there capable of doing it. I know I'm asking more of, of you. Uh, I, I'm here and I'm willing to. You think uh, I could be helpful from, but uh, it's time for uh, your younger people to take over. I have about five minutes <laughs> left. Uh, is there something that uh, your last words of wisdom that you would like to uh, give to us, please? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I just think uh, we need to collaborate, you know, tennis coaches generally, we need to, you know, collaborate more. Um, I think there's, you know, too much of, you know, the scarcity syndrome, instead of the abundance syndrome, there are millions of tennis players out there. We need to, you know, work with each other more. And I think we need to, you know, develop, uh, be, be really free about letting players play wherever they want to and to, um, you know, to uh, uh, you know, just work with each other more. And you know, as I told you about this mentorship program. I think it could be a great idea for. And this is just came came up in my my head when we were talking here. Is that you know, um, I'm just thinking about Florida high school tennis. I'm thinking, geez, coaches are really passionate about it. To you know, spend some time at an academy, and you know, and and. You know, have have some accountability from the academy too. That they would spend some time and mentor the mentor the coaches. I, I think that's the greatest way to learn. I mean, throughout in our lives, I mean, we 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 learn, we learn through you know reading and watching. But the most special learning we always have is through uh, those special mentors in our lives. Well, I agree with you, and I thank you for uh, being on the uh, broadcast and uh, sharing your blessings uh, with us. And I think thank you, that uh, hopefully uh, this is what the people I know, uh, what the people that I'm going to be addressing from now on weekly. But when we come to that fifth week of the month when I'm not talking with Chuck Reese or Alan Fox or Scott Williams or Dr. John Murray. Uh, I, I pray that um, we'll have Ashley on, but these are the people we're going to be looking to talk to in the future. So I ask you, please tell your friends about the broadcast. 
you don't have to come on uh, and listen live at this time. You can listen anytime you want. That's the one great thing about Blog Talk Radio is you can listen when it's convenient uh, for you. I do want to thank Wilson again for being uh, supportive of us and being supportive not just of us, but being supportive of high school uh, tennis because uh, my own bias, I do believe that the next generation of coaches and college players and pros and uh, and community service leaders, they're in high school now. And, um, you know, and we owe it to them to sit there and make sure their journey can be as successful as possible. We owe it to our coaches to make sure they don't go through uh, the, the journey um, there, the learning curve, is less than it was for me. I've been asked many times, uh, how did you stay at the same coach school and coach for 20 years? Well, I did it because an athletic director put up with my early mistakes. Uh, coaching is a learning curve. Coaching is continuously learning. Uh, don't be afraid of going out and asking for help. And uh, and now that we know there's at least one place in Florida, and Bradenton, I was down there a few weeks ago, and I will tell you right now, the Inspiration Academy, if you're not impressed when you go in there, if you don't know that you, you spend two days there like I did, and when you leave there, you know you just left a special place. And uh, Ashley and everybody that is there uh, is just special. And to, to be able to spend a week or two uh, down when they're running their camps, uh, and uh, they're willing to mentor you, uh, shame on you if you don't take advantage of that. And you're not going to be able to know about it unless you let other people know. If you can't do it, let other people know to listen to the show. I sit there and tell people, a lot of people talk about, you know, the uh, show places, and I tell everybody it's good to have uh, – uh, technique, it's good to have a rack ahead speak, it's good to have good footwork, but it's also, you need the opportunity, you need somebody's got to see you to know, this person has potential, and uh, the idea that you would be able, a high school coach especially uh, maybe we're going to get to, or maybe I'm going to see that after all, I know we have a sleeping giant in high school tennis, uh, you can help by sit there. I mean, when somebody uh, like Ashley is willing to go out there and mentor for you, take advantage of it. Take it. So please uh, get the next edition of Florida Tennis Magazine. It'll be part two of my uh, article uh, asking the same question I ask weekly. Is high school tennis an after-school activity or an after-school sport? Sometimes it gets misinterpreted. I try to explain it, uh, so you'll see that in their uh, team connection. Uh, they're, um, they've been sitting there dressing our all-star uh, tournament uh, uh, players. Uh, remember what they believe is tennis fuels life. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again uh, next uh, Thursday, please tell your friends, have a blessed week, and uh, I look forward to...
team with Alan Fox. And those of you telling me Alan Fox is going to be in Hawaii, I understand that, but he will still be on the show live. Take care. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Yeah, love.